Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Let me take you, like I said, to Luke chapter 19. Let's begin here for a moment. I, I don't have a, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, I don't have a real long message, but how many of you know that sometimes messages can go longer than you actually plan them? Amen. All right. Let's look at this. Verse 28, chapter 19. After he had said these things, he was going ahead, of the, going up to Jerusalem. When he approached Bethphage in Bethany, near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, his owner said to them, Why are you untying it? And they said, The Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus, and they threw their coats on the colt, and they put Jesus on it. And as he was going, they spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. They shouted, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. And he said, if you had known in this day, even the things which make for peace, but now they're hidden from you. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you. They will surround you and they will hem you in on every side and they will love you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. It's almost a tragic verse, isn't it? Not recognizing a moment when God visits you. Anybody ever missed a God moment? I have. I'd like to tell you that every God moment in my life, I instantly recognize and knew this is God. I recognize it. I've missed moments. How many of you ever miss a moment? No, you missed a moment and regretted missing that moment. You know, I, I've been there, all right? This is an interesting story. I love all the different pieces and parts of this story. You know, I, I love that Jesus is coming to the, the city and he's riding on a donkey. That's just funny to me, all right? How many know we expect him to be on a white horse? He's on a donkey. I did a message many years ago, and I was asking this question. If you could pick any character to be in this story, who would you be? And people gave me different responses, and this is what I said. I want to be the donkey. Some people wholeheartedly agreed that I was. <laughs> Wasn't very nice. You think about this donkey. I think about this donkey for just a moment. The donkey was this untested, untried. Whoa, time out. Dude, he's in the house. I'm sorry. I have got to stop things for just a moment. I, I, thought, it, I thought this was a trick. I thought he only existed on social media. Okay. What's that? I'm talking about him, not you. Come on. Ah. Introduce him. Tell everybody who's here. Come on. Stand up, daddy. Come on, daddy. Tell everybody who's here. This is Gavin Dean. Gavin Dean is in the house. I just, I just want you to know that he does exist more than on social media, all right? <laughs> Love you guys. Good to see you. Awesome. Okay. Rabbit trail. You always got to take time to make do those moments. The donkey was God's untested, untried, unproven way of ushering this presence of Jesus into a city. 
I want to be that guy, that one. I want to be part of ushering that in. And you look at this. He comes, he's riding on a donkey. And now you get all these different elements. You have a praising people. I mean, they're going crazy. They're singing. They're shouting. They're throwing coats down. They are just giving praise to God for the miracles they've seen, as well as the anticipation of who was in their midst. It was a joyful, exuberant outburst of praise. Ever had one? Just, I mean, like, man, you just couldn't contain it. And then in the midst of that, you have the religious rank. Who's trying to shut them up? Who's trying to make them be quiet? Isn't that funny? The religious remnant always wants to silence the praising people. And the funny thing is, they'll use the name of God to do it. You know, a religious remnant is offended by a praising people. Oh, look how, look how much emotion they're using. Duh. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I just don't get that argument. You know who gave me my emotions? God, the one who weeps, the one who laughs, the one who sings over me, the one who dances over me. My God's an emotional God. Thank God he's emotional. The remnant says, that's just this. Oh, knock it off. And then you got, then you got weeping Savior. I mean, like you, you see all these different elements and he's weeping because there's a city that needs the presence and power of God, a city that needs the peace of God, a city that is without it and yet is missing that moment, missing their moment of visitation. How, why were they going to miss it? How is it that they would miss it? How do we miss moments? You know, it's funny, for them, for some of them, it was what they thought they knew would be the very thing that caused them to miss what they didn't know. Because, I mean, they thought they knew how the Messiah was supposed to come. They thought they knew what he was going to come as, and, and he didn't come in that way. And, and so this morning, I'm going to talk to you about two points. I only have two points, and those two points will take a long time. And you can give God praise if I didn't have five points. Okay, but I got, I got two points. I want to talk to you about how I believe that they missed a moment and how you and I can miss moments because sometimes we might do the same thing. The first of this was I was looking at this. They're coming in. He's coming in. They're singing, Hosanna, save us, save us now. We're talking about a people who have been oppressed and occupied for centuries by other people. They want delivered. They want rescued. Has anybody ever been in a situation that you just wanted rescued? Maybe you were an addicted person at one point in your life. And you know what it was to live under the bondage, the agony, and the oppression of addiction. Some of you don't. All right? For those of you who don't, you know, I don't know why they just don't say no. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you dieted? How'd it go? <laughs> huh? Now intensify that about a hundred times over and your body getting sick and shakes and everything else. Let me tell you something. It's not just as easy as saying no. All right. But let me say this to you this morning. So, so maybe you're in a situation like that. Maybe you were an oppressive, um, abusive marriage or relationship. Maybe you were a child growing up in an abusive home. And you're saying, somebody rescue me. Maybe, maybe how many of you ever went rescued from your own thoughts, your own mind? But the problem here is they wanted rescue. But see, I think they missed a moment because I think for a minute they might have been looking for a rescuer rather than a redeemer. You see, see, they're looking for a rescuer, but not a redeemer. How many know there's a difference between a rescuer and a redeemer? You see, the Bible doesn't tell me that Jesus came as the rescuer. The Bible tells me he came as the redeemer. 
All right? Uh, many people want to be rescued from sin, but not purchased by God. Like, I like that whole idea of rescuing me from something. But I don't know if I want to belong to you. I don't know if I want to be your possession. Many people want to be rescued from bondage, but not possessed by God. Many want to be rescued from addiction, but not addicted to God. If all you want from God is for him to rescue you from your addiction, you need a different viewpoint on what a relationship with God is all about. Many people want to be rescued from hell, but not purchased to heaven. Many people want to be rescued, but not owned. I don't like that idea of being owned. How many know you never have to fear being owned if the one you're being owned by is perfect? Hmm? Think about that for a moment. Why would I fear being purchased by Jesus when Jesus is the perfect one? We pray, God, come and rescue me from the oppression of my enemy. God, come and rescue me from that which I cannot rescue myself from. God, come and rescue me. Crush the enemy. Right? How many know they wanted him to come in, take that crown, become king, crush Rome, kick him out, establish the kingdom of Israel, and be a done deal? Come and rescue me. Crush the enemy. Overthrow the power that holds me. Rescue me from the law. Rescue me from sin. Deliver me. Conquer my enemy. And then let me be on my own. How many think that's a good deal? Right? I want you to do all this for me. Rescue me. And then let me be me and do what I want, when I want, how I want, why I want. Let me to myself. Let me to my own path. You see, Jesus didn't come to just rescue or redeem. He came to rescue through redemption. How many know it's redemption that provides rescue? It's the redeemer who provides rescue. It's the lamb that provides rescue. It's the redeemer that brings it. The rescue would be in the redemption. Redemption would be provided for at the cost of another, it will be provided for. You see, I believe that for a moment, they're looking, here he comes. He's the king. He's the Messiah. He's the one that's going to bring us salvation now. He's the one that's going to rescue us now. He's the one that's going to break the, the yoke of this enemy off of us. And that's all well and good. But the problem, I believe, is they saw him as the potential rescuer, but didn't see him as the redeemer. Redemption demands something different than rescue. Redemption demands a price. Redemption demands a relationship, right? Redemption happens because somebody says, I love you enough not just to come in and crush your enemy. No, 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 no. I love you enough to pay for your freedom. To purchase your freedom to purchase you. I am not here just to crush them. I will give of myself. I will pay for it to happen. How many of you are willing to pay for good things to happen to your children? Okay. All right. Praise God. I am so glad you're not my parents and my mother better put her hand up. Listen, I'm going to just tell you some facts this morning. The reason that some kids are in hell 
is because mom and dad were not willing to pay the price to bring something positive into their life. Call it what it is sometimes, right? But when you want to redeem something, purchase something, you pay a price, you sacrifice. You see, they weren't getting it. He wasn't here just to crush and break the yoke and rescue them. He was here to purchase. He showed up as the redeemer. Remember some of the scriptures, some of the scriptures that we know. Revelation chapter five, verse nine. And they sang a new song saying, you're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. Listen to me. Rescue denotes taking somebody from something. Redeem denotes bringing purchase to something to someone. Rescue means you take me out of that bondage. But how many know when he redeems me, he's not just redeeming me from, but he's redeeming me too. I am so glad that my redemption takes me out of bondage, but my redemption also takes me into relationship with God. Many people can be rescued from something, but not brought into relationship with Christ. Paul talked to, in in the book of Acts, and he said, therefore, take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says again in Corinthians, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God and you're not your own? Listen to me. I mean, how many know you're not your own? We say it and we can quote it and it sounds good. But how many know there's something about our flesh that just kind of gives a little pushback on that? What do you mean I'm not my own? I am my own. Not if you believe what the Bible says. He says you're not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Whoa. Wait a minute. Do you see this? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to who? Who does my, uh, my body belongs to the purchaser of it. My spirit belongs to the one who purchased it. They tells me they belong to him. How many have ever usurped what belongs to him? You see, I believe one of the first reasons they missed their moment, they missed this God moment in their life, is they were looking for a, they were looking for a rescuer, not a redeemer. Rescue us, deliver us, get rid of these people. But they missed, there was a redeemer in their midst. But let me tell you the second reason. See how fast that point was? You ought to see this one. Though. You see, I believe the second reason is that at this moment, they were looking to crown a king, not choose a lamb. They were looking to crown a king, but not choose a lamb. You're saying, what's the freak talking about? Well, let me explain it. The Tyrone section probably already knows. (laughs) This was Jesus' last Passover. All right. After he visited his friend Lazarus and his sisters in Bethany, he went to Jerusalem. All right. Just before the city would become filled with all the people coming there to celebrate the Passover. This day that he came into the city was called the 10th day of Nisan, N-I-S-A-N, not the car, okay? And he entered the city, we know, riding a donkey that would announce his Messiah, him being the Messiah. But the moment that he was entering into the city on the 10th day of Nisan was also another day. Some of you know it, some of you don't know it. But the day that it was known as is it was known as Lamb Selection Day. 
This was the day that the people who were going to celebrate the Passover four days later would select the lamb that would be slain for the Passover meal. All right. And during those, why did they do it four days ahead? The reason they did it four days ahead is because they would then inspect that lamb for four days to make sure and to ensure that it was indeed without spot, without blemish, that it was perfect. How many know the Bible tells us that he was spotless? How many know he was without blemish? When I was a kid, I grew up in the tire business. We sold Kelly Springfield tires, Michelin. We sold BF Goodrich. We sold a lot of different types of tires. Sometimes people would come in and they would ask this question. Do you have any blems? B-L-E-M-S. Blems. Because blems were tires that were sold that were good quality, but they had some kind of blemish. It could have been in the markings. It could have been in the, the labeling of the tire. It was just something was off. And they were always at a discounted price. People liked buying blems. Aren't you glad that God didn't offer us a blem? God offers us the one who's perfect. And so the, what was happening here was, now you've got to understand, on this day, there were thousands of sheep, lambs, being selected to be killed for Passover. And now here comes Jesus, this busy, bustling place, all right, filled with countless Jews who have come in everywhere all around the world to observe the Passover with their families. And they required that each family would select a lamb. Four days before the sacrifice. And it would be offered at the temple. Could it be they missed a moment? Because they missed who was in front of them. That Jesus, you think it was an accident? That God sent his son into the city to be the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world? Do you think it was an accident that he presented himself on lamb selections day? Of course not. Of course not. You see, the, now at this moment, the Passover lamb was presenting himself to the people. The lamb that would take away the sins of the world was presenting himself. The lamb that would be slain was coming into the city. The lamb whose blood would purchase men for God was entering the city. But they were looking for a king. They weren't looking for a lamb. They were looking for a lion. They weren't looking for a lamb. And for the next four days, it's interesting where you'll see him. He's in the temple. He's being examined and tested and tried and challenged by religious people. All of this. And he proves himself to be spotless. The priest would challenge him. And at the end of the four days, he would be found spotless, sinless, perfect, without blemish, guiltless. Get this. Get this. Remember this statement? Pilate looks at the people and says, I have found no guilt in him. The lamb, he's spotless. He's spotless. He's sinless. He's guiltless. Pilate even testified to the fact. What a testimony from an ungodly man that said he's not guilty. And the moment that he said he wasn't guilty, how many know that he's saying he's qualified to be the spotless lamb of God? You see, today I'm saying to you, are you looking for a rescuer or are you looking for a redeemer? You see, your rescue is in your redemption. Redemption leads to rescue. The greatest place of rescue is under the redemption of the lamb. You're here today. Do you want rescued from drugs? 
It's found in redemption. Do you want rescued from hurts and wounds of the past? It's found in redemption. Do you want rescued from offense? It comes with redemption. Do you want rescued from sin? It comes with redemption. Do you want rescued from the past? You choose the lamb of redemption. Do you want rescued from the hurts and the wounds of your childhood? Because how many know everybody's got some? You see, most of us want rescued for selfish reasons. Come on, let's be honest. Why you want to, why you want to, why? Because I just don't want to live this way anymore. Okay, that's not a bad thing. But how many know that the redeemed are not selfish people? Redeemed people cannot be selfish people. You see, you want rescued Many want rescue so you can do your own thing afterwards. I want rescued so that I get the girl back, so I get the guy back, so my marriage is restored. That's all well and good, and that's the byproduct of it. But I'm going to say to you, it's a byproduct of choosing the lamb. Are you hearing me? I'm going to set before you today a choice. And I say to you, on Palm Sunday, on Lamb Selection Sunday, choose the lamb. Choose your lamb. Choose the lamb that was sacrificed for you. Or you can choose your own sacrifice. Hmm, think about that for a moment. When you choose, and I want to say this to you, but when you choose your own sacrifice, other than the lamb, you will ultimately sacrifice something or someone else. I'll come back to that in a moment. You see, I want you to hear this. I'm almost done. (laughs) I mean, almost is a matter of perspective. I'm almost skinny. (laughs) I'm almost bald. (laughs) I mean, almost is just a matter of perspective, right? I'm almost old. I'm almost young. You see, the problem is many times we choose something to sacrifice rather than simply accept the sacrifice of the lamb. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. Some some want to choose the lamb of religion. And when you choose to sacrifice the lamb of religion, it always leaves you needing to offer more. Because you will never be able to do enough to walk in confidence that it's a done deal because of the blood of Jesus. That's done. The first and the last Many times people want to choose the lamb of good works. Which leaves them always needing to offer more. Which wonders, which leaves you wondering, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Have I done enough good works? Well, I'm a good person. Praise God. But it always leaves you wondering, have I done enough? When I choose that lamb, what I'm saying is, he's done enough. Matter of fact, he's done more than enough. When I choose the lamb of legalism, come on, 
it leaves me empty of the joy of grace. Like, I'm all about holiness and how we should live. I'm all about there's ways to live and there's things we should do and there's things we don't do. But let me tell you something. The moment you step into that realm of legalism and that becomes your lamb that you sacrifice all the time over and over and over, you're probably going to be a joyless person. You're going to be miserable to be around because you're going to spend your whole life inspecting everybody else. There's too much to list. Do you have any tattoos? I don't. All of a sudden, wow, they got a tattoo. They got this. They got an earring. They got this. They got it. Stop it. What did you eat today? (laughs) I didn't say drink. I said eat. (laughs) What did you eat? Well, you ate this. You didn't eat that. All of a sudden, we find ourselves because we're looking for a measuring rod. Now what I begin to do is I begin to measure myself against you. Well, <laughs> you have a tie on, and I don't. No, I don't want that thing. But literally, all of a sudden, it becomes a standard of holiness that was never a standard of holiness, ever. But now it pits him against me and me against him. I think I'm more free because I don't have a tie on. No, I'm not more free because I don't have a tie on. I'm just more comfortable. Stop this nonsense. But that's where it leads us because we've made legalism and we've made all this stuff. If you're comfortable with a tie, wear a tie and enjoy it. If you're not, don't wear one and enjoy it. But don't make it something it never was. And I'm saying that with everything that comes part of that legalistic system. That gives me an ability to measure myself against you. Becomes lack that you lack joy at that point. Many choose the lamb of sin, and thereby miss the salvation of the lamb altogether. Many choose the lamb of offense, and never and never are forgiven of their own offense. Many choose the lamb of their wounds and never receive healing that comes through the lamb that was wounded for you. You see, today, I'm saying to you today, on Lamb Selection Day, we call it Palm Sunday, but I'm telling you it was Lamb Selection Day where Jesus, the Lamb of God, was coming into the city at the moment they were selecting the lambs for the Passover. And he was coming and saying, here I am, choose me. And I say to you today, here he is, choose him. What's it going to be? Who's it going to be? What will you choose to sacrifice? Is his sacrifice enough? But when you choose this lamb, you've got to remember a couple things. That you become the purchased of the lamb. You're not your own any longer. There's something really actually liberating about that. When you really think about it, we think of it like, what do you mean I'm not my own? But then you even think of it. I'm not my own. I belong to him. Do you know what that means? I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I belong to him. I mean, it should breed confidence in our life. It should breed confidence. It should breed a liberating thing that I'm not performing to get in. I'm in. I'm purchased. You're not your own. You live, and you don't live to yourself. 
any longer. It's amazing to me. I'm going to give you an oxymoron. Selfish Christian. What is that? Self-centered Christian. Oxymoron. It's a paradox. There should be no such thing. I'm not saying you are. (laughs) Some of you may be. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Selfish living is not of the redeemed. As the redeemed of the Lord, we have one primary purpose, and it's not to get to heaven. (laughs) I'm glad I'm going to heaven. But how many know that's not my goal? How many know it's my reward? My goal is to bring glory to God. The goal of the redeemed is to bring glory to God. The goal of your redemption isn't your freedom. The goal of your redemption isn't what you want. The goal of your redemption isn't your rescue. The goal of your redemption is to bring glory to the God who redeemed you. God God brings the people of Israel out of Egypt. Remember, He, he tells them, you take a lamb, you slay that lamb, you put its blood upon the doorpost, and whenever I send the death angel in to break the yoke of the enemy off of you, I will pass over you and you will be rescued and you will be redeemed and you will be delivered. And he brought them out by the blood of the lamb. But when he brought them out by the blood of the lamb, he then said to them in Exodus 19 and 20, and you shall be a kingdom of priests to me. You shall be a holy people. You shall bring glory to my name. You're not saved to go to heaven. Oh, yeah, you're going to heaven. You're redeemed to bring him glory on the face of the earth. And then he gives them, I heard me teach this before. And then in Exodus 20, he gives them a code. He says, now here's how you live. You go into Canaan and you go into that polytheistic area. You go into that land where idolatry has taken root. And you have one God, me, only me. You only worship me. Why? Because when they see your crops growing and you're not worshiping bells and asterisks and fertility gods and moon gods and sun gods and beetle gods and every other gods, when they see you worshiping me, they will know who I am. The reason we're holy people is never, I've said this before, it's not about me showing God how good I am. That would take me about five seconds. All the more goodness I have. My living holy is to show the world how good my God is. How good my God is. As a redeemed of the Lamb, we live to bring Him glory. We bring them, live Him honor. We live to serve Him now on this earth. I don't understand how blood bought, born again children of God who say they're redeemed of the Lord. I'm the redeemed of the Lord and yet you haven't forgiven that person who hurt you 25 years ago. Listen to me. You say, but they don't deserve it. One thing I know about the blood of the lamb, it makes us all weak on the sight of God. There wasn't more blood shed for me than there was for you. 
We're all equal. And I say to you today, I don't know why I'm bringing this up now. Somebody in this house today, God's simply saying, go, man, forgive. It was a long, long time ago. Forgive. The same blood that was shed for your redemption was shed for their redemption. Today, we're going to celebrate communion. It's a day that we celebrate and remember the body and blood of the Lamb. The body and the blood of the Lamb. Today, when we celebrate and we commemorate the redemption that was provided from him. Come on, Troy. See, that was relatively quick, wasn't it? My message is simple this morning. I'm trying to make it simple. On this day, we read in Scripture, when Jesus came into the city, it was the day that they were selecting and choosing their Passover lamb. Each family was choosing a lamb that would be shed, killed in its blood shed for their atonement, for their sin. And I'm asking you today, on this lamb selection day, what lamb are you choosing? Are you looking for a redeemer or are you looking for a rescuer? Do you want rescue just to get out of something? Or do you want a living, breathing, moving, daily relationship with a redeemer? The lover of your soul. That you would be able to say, you know what? I'm not just rescued, but my, my redeemer lives. My redeemer loves me. I belong to my beloved and my beloved belongs to me. You see, redemption demands relationship. Redemption demands covenant. Do you know, if you look up the word lamb in the New Testament, it doesn't appear a whole lot until you get to the book of Revelation. 28 times the lamb is mentioned in the book of Revelation because it's the victory of the lamb. We, we, we get so messed up with Revelation. Like we want to study all the end time mysterious. I don't know. I can't understand half of it. All I know is when I read Revelation, this is what I see. I see the victory of the lamb. The victory of the lamb. You see, let me read this to you as, I, as, as Peter gets ready to come. He's going to lead us in communion today. And our gentlemen are going to come. I want to read this scripture for you. In, in, in Revelation chapter 5, this picture that John gets as an open window into heaven. This open door. And I don't believe he's seeing something that will come. I believe he sees something that's going on. He says, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals then I saw a strong angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seal how many know if that scroll wasn't opened and those seals weren't loosed God's prophetic plan for your redemption could not happen no one the Bible says no one on heaven in heaven or on the earth 
or under the earth was able to open the scroll. Nobody. Abraham couldn't do it. Moses couldn't do it. David could not do it. What's John's response? I wept. I wept. I wept because there was no one worthy. No one. There was no one worthy to open it. As a matter of fact, there was no one, the Bible says, that could even read it. And it says there was no one that could even look at it. You see how unworthy we were? But one of the elders says, stop weeping. I mean, no good news is about to come out. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll, to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Because how many know he's not slain anymore? He had seven horns, seven eyes, and seven spirits of God. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now watch this, watch this. Now we're going to start hearing something. I love this portion of Scripture. I love it. He said, now when he took the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the Lamb. Each had a harp, a golden bowl of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. The redeemed of the Lord always have a new song, don't they? The song said, you are worthy to take the scroll. Come on, how many of the redeemed? These are, these, are, these are living creatures. But you and I, you know what the song of the redeemed is? The song of the redeemed is, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. That's the song of the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You are worthy. Those three, those three words remind me, I'm not, but he is. I'm not, but he is. You're worthy to take the, and to open the seals for you were slain and you've redeemed us by your blood. By your blood. In order for there to be redemption, there had to be a willing sacrifice. There had to be a price that was paid. There had to be a willing participant. And how many know there was a price paid? It was the blood of Jesus who was a willing participant for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. You're that joy. The redemption of humanity. The glory of the Father. And redeemed us by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Aren't you glad it wasn't just for some? Oh, and, here's, and then there's this great transaction that takes place. And you purchased us and we become the redeemed. And the redeemed are known now, as the Bible says, and you made the redeemed to be kings and priests to serve God. Huh. It's funny. The transaction that took place by that purchase. I saw it clear back in the book of Exodus. Here it is again in the book of Revelation. I purchased you with the Lamb's blood. I brought you out by the Lamb's blood. And this is who you are. You're a holy people. You're a kingdom of priests to serve me on the earth so that they see who I am. Ah, I love this scripture. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. They're around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them with 10,000 
thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy. The song of the redeemed is worthy, worthy, worthy. Is that your song this morning? By the way, you better get a song ready. If I have to tell you which one, we're going to have to talk. (laughs) Worthy to receive power and riches and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature. Listen, every creature which is in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, such as are in the sea and all of them. I mean, I I love this. I love this scripture. Every creature. That even includes those dumb dogs, George. I heard them. I heard them. Saying blessing and honor and glory and power. Be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lived forever. Come on. The song of the redeemed is worthy, worthy, worthy. You are worthy. I have to say this to you today. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. We're going to do communion. But listen to me this morning. Who are you choosing? Who are you selecting? Are you looking to crown a king? Or do you want to walk in relationship with a redeemer today? He purchased you. He bought you. Your redemption is what provides your rescue. Your redemption, his redemption. The fact that he redeemed you. He died on the cross. That is what will set you free. The blood of Jesus. Who's going to choose the lamb this morning? Who's going to choose the lamb? You don't need church. You need the lamb. You don't need better people in your life. You need the Lamb. It's the Lamb of God that purchased you. It is the Lamb of God that rescued you. It is the Lamb of God this morning. I got freedom for you this morning. I got rescue for you this morning. But it is not found in you looking for your rescue. It is found in you looking for your Redeemer. Your Redeemer. Your Redeemer. I offer you the Lamb of God. And I say to you, choose the Lamb. There was a group of religious leaders that could not recognize him for who he was. There was a group of political leaders that could not recognize him for who he was. There was a crowd of people that said, give me Barabbas, I don't want the Lamb. Give me Barabbas, I don't want the Lamb. How many of you want the Lamb this morning? around I want to know in this house if everybody here
has chosen the lamb who has presented himself. If you haven't, this is the moment. Right now. Right here. Right now. You say, I want that. I want him. I'm accepting what he did on my cro- on that cross. I'm accepting his purchase. I'm not lo- just looking for a rescue. I'm not just looking for a way out. I'm not just looking for him to make things better. I want him. You say, what are you going to do now? I'll say, if it's you, come on. Come on. Come on. Don't waste time this morning. You know. You already know. Holy Spirit's been dealing with you. He's been messing with you. He's been saying, come on, that's you. Come on, Jason. Come on. Come on. I know what you want. And what you want is found in redemption. It's not found in being rescued. It's not found in being rescued out of it. It's found in your relationship. It's found in relationship. It's found in relationship. You see, let me tell you something about that Redeemer. You know what? Once, once, like, I tell you something. You see, you think you're in and out of relationship. You're not. You know, a lot of people used to say to me, but Pastor, how, how, you know, my, my, my son and I, you know the story of my son. You know that whole thing. We could go nose to nose on the street. When he, when, we, when he was doing bad and he was doing things he shouldn't have done, we'd go nose to nose. And I wasn't given an inch and he wasn't given an inch at that moment. But then, when it was all said and done, let's go get lunch. people would say, but how could you, how, when, when he did this and he was still off you and he did that and he did it, how, how could you walk in such a relationship? How can that, how can you do that? Because it's about relationship. Fathers don't break covenant with their children. And I'm going to tell you something today. The God, your father in heaven, he ain't breaking covenant with you. You can run as far as you want. He ain't going to stop loving you. We're going to, you'll listen, don't, don't get me wrong. There are things and there are times that you'll do stuff that, 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 that he's not pleased with. He don't break covenant with you. That's called relationship. It's called redemption. Zach, you need to be up here. here. I held you the other day and I looked at your knuckles. When I looked at your knuckles, remember I looked at your knuckles? I said, let me see those knuckles. And I knew what that was, man. I've seen those knuckles. Because you don't know what to do with the battle inside of you, so you hit the wall. Right? You're so angry over things you've done, stuff that's done to you, the battle that rages, that you don't know what else to do, so you hit the wall. And there's scars on those knuckles. Right? Yeah. And you so desperately want it out of it. You so desperately want out of the anger. And you so desperately want out of the addiction and you so desperately want out of all that junk and garbage and all that stuff and you don't know how to get out I know and I'm going to tell you how to get out it comes in a name and his name is Jesus now, I know that don't make a whole lot of sense to you right now but I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm not, I'm not going to tell you it's all going to be perfect tomorrow but I am telling you that if you will give your heart to God I promise you that he will lead you guide you. He will transform your life. He will change it. But listen to me for a moment. You think you haven't figured out how the way it's going to go. You got to let him take the lead. You got to let him take the lead. All right? I'll help you. I'll mess around. I don't play games. I call it out like it is. But I know what your heart's desire is. Your heart is to be free. But freedom doesn't come just because he rescues you. Freedom comes out of relationship.
is found in the Redeemer. Father, these men are here. There should be more up here. They all got a battle that rages within them. They all got a battle that rages around them. They all got things that they have held them down and bound them and tried to destroy them. And the enemy has tried to come against them. And the enemy has been destroying them. The enemy has done things in their life, Father. Wounded them in many ways. There's things that happened to them that should have never happened to them. That came directly from the pit of hell. They didn't come from you. They were never your plan. They didn't come from you. They came from the devil. Who used other people, who hurt other people to hurt them. And out of that, Father, came stuff that they've done, where they've caused pain. And they have, they're, 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 they're like Jabez. They don't want to cause any more pain. They don't want to cause pain to people. They don't want to cause pain to those they love. They don't want to cause pain to their mom, and their dad, their brother, their sister. They don't want to cause pain to the ones they love. They don't want to cause pain to their children. So, Father, this day, they're, not, they're, they're stepping into relationship with the lamb. They're choosing the lamb. They are redeemed. They are redeemed. They are redeemed. They belong to the redeemer. And I pronounce today that they are sons of God. They're redeemed to the Lord. Freedom belongs to the sons of God. Victory belongs to the sons of God. Some of you in this house this morning, it's been a long time since you've been excited about the Lamb. Religion has stolen your joy, and religion has stolen your passion, and you've, got, you've fallen into the routine. And God says this morning, knock it off with the routine and focus on the, uh, uh, the Lamb. Look at the Lamb. See the Lamb. See John's Lamb. Lift up your voice. Lift up your heart. Worthy, worthy, worthy. all across this room. The redeemed of the Lord stand to your feet. The redeemed of the Lord sing this song. Come on Troy. The redeemed of the Lord are going to lift up their voice this morning. We're going to join thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels. We're going to join every living creature. We're going to live every creature under the sea and in the sea and on the earth and under the earth. Come on. I want to hear the redeemed of the Lord this morning. Three people just gave their hearts to God this morning. Three people said I want the lamb this morning. Listen to me this morning. This is not a day for you to be placid. This is not a day for this is a day where the redeemed to lift up a voice in this house.